0: Internet Explorer is a podcast that has adult language. Like li- fuck. Or like duty,
1: or, or or wiener.
0: Wiener or boobs.
1: Don't listen if you don't like the word anus. It's gross. It's cockmonger.
0: I don't think I've ever said cockmonger. My- you, is it cockmonger for someone who sells cocks?
1: Yes, it'd be like a fishmonger, but for cocks.
0: Cocks for sale. Hi, this is Internet Explorer. This is Katie Natopoulos.
1: And this is Ryan Broderick.
0: And today we have a really exciting special guest in the studio with us. Uh, it's our colleague, Matt Stipera, who works with us at BuzzFeed. Hey, Matt. Hi. Um, he just got back from an amazing trip to China, and he has become a web celebrity, celebrity in China, uh, which is this insane story that he's going to tell us all about. But first, we're going to do a word of the day segment a little differently Instead of quizzing producer Julia about an internet term, Matt is going to teach us a term from Chinese internet. Now, Matt, before
1: we get started, they don't use, like, Facebook or Twitter there. They use a different social media website, right?
2: Yeah, so Weibo is equivalent to Chinese Twitter, but it's actually kind of a hybrid of Twitter and Facebook.
1: Okay, so it's like totally different slang. So, so teach us like how do how do I be cool on Weibo? What's some cool slang? This word was like a
2: huge meme. Like right when the dress happened, it was this word, and everyone was saying it and just commenting hundreds of times with this word. And it's dong 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 <laughs> dong dong.
1: So wait, so 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 where so how did this meme start?
2: Um, Jackie Chan is like one of the biggest celebrities there, mm-hmm. obviously, and they love him. And so he was doing an infomercial for like hair care. And it was like for like he lost all of his hair and then suddenly it went and like he does this like noise. And so that just took <laughs> over Chinese social like no other.
0: Is it like sort of ironic appreciation of this commercial? Is it like they thought the joke was funny, like in the same way that people when that Budweiser commercial where people would be like, what's up? What on the phone. But people weren't doing that ironically, they just actually did it because they thought it was cool at the time. Now they do it ironically, but is it like ironic or is it not?
2: I think it's ironic. There are some supercut videos that are hilarious where (laughs) it's just like dong, dong, dong. And it's almost like an auto-tune the news, you know?
0: (laughs) So let's, let's sort of tell the story of how this all came about. This is this incredible story. It's like my favorite thing that has happened on the Internet in so long. It's this amazing tale of how two completely different people became like friends. It's like heartwarming. It's also insane. Like it's this amazing story. You can read about it. Matt wrote a very long article on BuzzFeed about it. It's the story of him and bro Orange or brother Orange. I guess sort of start at the beginning. So how did this all start?
2: It started in January, like 2014. And I'm in a bar in the East Village. And I'm hanging out, drinking some wine. And (laughs) my phone is I just don't know where my phone went. Okay. And I start freaking out, make everyone look around for it. And you know, I call it and it's immediately goes to voicemail. So you know, right then and there that like, I was like, I swear to God, I had battery. I had definitely had battery life. So I was like, someone walked into the bar and just took it off the table. They just Um, stole your phone.
1: That's Yeah, it's
2: honestly brilliant, especially like on, (laughs) I was on St. Mark's. So it was like, I bet you he stole like 20 phones that night. Like he just walked in and just steals phones off the table. Anyways, I freak out, have my moment. And the next day I get a new phone because I can't live without a phone. Right. Fast forward a year later, everything's fine with that phone. Um, January 2015 I'm sitting on my couch going through my photo stream and there's all these photos that I didn't take and like of this man taking selfies with an orange tree (laughs) like incredible like 40 selfies with an orange tree of like this Asian man and so um, I'm like what the
1: the matrix is broken something has happened (laughs) exactly
2: eye clouds are crossing (laughs) so I'm like freaking out and but for a month, I just let it go. Kind of every day, there's like a new set of photos that start showing up on my phone. But it's fun, and it's funny to see, like, I'm just like, whatever, who cares? And then I talk with a friend of mine, and it became like a conversation thing. I was like, you gotta see these pictures of this guy in this orange tree, and it's so weird. And he's like, uh, did you lose a phone recently? And I said, uh, like a year ago, like a really long time ago. He goes, you know most stolen iPhones end up in China. And I was like, boom. Fuck, there it is. Like, my phone is in China. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, I should put something on this for BuzzFeed. You know, everyone seems to be interested in it when I tell them the story. So I do this thing Who's this man in Wires? Pictures showing up on my phone. Right. And, uh, you know, within a day, it's, I'm getting all of these crazy tweets saying, You're so famous in China. You're the number one topic in China. Um, we're helping you find. By then, they named him Orange Brother or Brother Orange. And then, they're sending me things, and it's, like, me at the number one topic, Matt Stapira, my name. And, like, then it's, like, all Chinese under, and I'm, like, this is crazy. And then they find him, and, uh...
0: So how did they find him?
2: Okay, so this goes into Chinese internet. So they okay. call the Chinese internet the human flesh search engine.
0: Oh, my God. That's Look disgusting. It up. It's really interesting. That sounds like a sex thing. That sounds
2: like a disgusting sex Ugh. thing. Ugh. It's fucked up. It's, like, a murder <laughs> thing. It's because um, this Chinese Twitter, Weibo, is known for like, so say someone is uh, pictured on camera like hating his dog or something, Mm -hmm. they'll like find that person. Like they're really good at finding someone because everyone in China is on social media.
1: They sound like like old school 4chan, kind of like we're going to find the guy abusing his dog on YouTube, like that kind of thing.
2: It's like that, except they're like better at it because <laughs> they're real. So that's what they're known for doing. Okay. And so they're really good at finding people. And so there were like pictures in my phone of like landmarks. So immediately they found his town. Okay. um, In his province. And so then it was just about finding the guy. So then uh, apparently Orange Brothers nephew like heard the news. Okay. And was like, uh, that's my uncle. And so... <laughs> orange brother joins weibo and we start like exchanging messages with each other he takes videos of himself like learning english and then i'm like holy fucking shit this is like some guy in china like making videos that say hi matt and you know i'm getting like literal fans and you (laughs) know hi matt i'm such a big fan of you like For no reason, it's like Alex from Target, it reminds me of, where it's like, literally I didn't do anything, and it's just like, for some reason, you're just lofted into this position. Why
0: do you think that it became such a thing in China anyways? Is it just that people in China already are reading BuzzFeed, but this was the one story that was kind of about them and about, like, oh, well, we love finding people on you know, Weibo. And that's why this is a fun story. Like, what, what do you think about the original story captivated people so much?
2: I actually do have an answer for that. Uh, one that's like definitely true. So this whole thing hit during their spring festival. And so I was getting messages. This is such an amazing story during the spring festival. Uh, spring festival is basically Chinese New Year. Okay, And so it, for them, it's like, holy shit, this is like a story of romance and love and people meeting across the oceans and what are the chances you know we also all have cell phones everyone in the world so everyone knows the feeling of losing a phone and then it's like what happens to your phone after you know it's like this weird crazy thing to think about this is like chinese culture okay which is they have this deep belief in destiny and fate
1: okay whereas oh my god
2: (laughs) it's crazy this is what they're telling me too and you can see it because from the all the comments they leave like this is destiny this is fate like it's a deep chinese like value that they uh-huh. like it's not even religious it's just kind of like universe
1: they saw this and they're like we got to roll with this like this is it like this is this is the universe saying it's a sign
2: exactly spring festival this is a sign you know the f- story came out on the first night of the lunar moon okay so like this is oh meant my to god be. not the lunar moon <laughs> exactly so that's it's just this thing with fate and destiny and Chinese New Year.
1: Okay, so Matt, like you land in China as a celebrity, you've gone through all the shit, you walk through the airport and I see I've seen the photos, but like what is it like to show up as the new Kim Kardashian of China?
2: Honestly, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. I'm shaking. So, right before that, I'm on the plane, and this girl, like, comes up to me and notices me, and I'm like, this is crazy, and she writes me a note and signs it, your Chinese fan. Stop. And so, I'm dying. Oh, my God. I'm dying. And so, then, that happens. I get off the plane. I walk to the escalator. Immediately, I get to the escalator.
1: Right. Flashes all over
2: the place. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Shaking. It's been traveling for 20 hours. It's nightmarish. So, then, I, like, get my baggage. I'm like, holy shit, gotta get ready for this. I look uh-huh. like shit, also, because I've been on planes yeah. for all, like, 24 hours, and- I go out and I'm just bombarded by like the cameras and swarmed by them. And like, they're like, say something in Chinese. And I'm like, ni hao! Like it was so. Which means overwhelming. hello. Yeah. Hello? hello. Yeah. 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 Chinese is so hard too Yeah. So, um, I bombarded. And so it's crazy and overwhelming. And brother orange is there. He wasn't supposed to be there. So I'm like, Oh my God, like crazy moment. He gives me a bouquet of flowers. I'm like posing. The pictures, if you see them, I look like terrified in them. Oh
0: my God, Brother Orange! Hey!
2: So nice to meet Hello. you.
0: My, my aunt came to China. Yeah. Thank you. My aunt came to Mexico. Thank you so much. Uh, my time, my time. You know, how, how do you do? Water? Great. Ah, do do, do do, do do? Oh, so, Matt, so then so you meet him and then you kind of go on this like press tour, right?
2: Yeah. So, first of all, we're driving around in cars with our faces plastered like over them, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, that says, Welcome, Matt, and Brother Orange on it. And we're a fleet. It's two cars uh-huh. and then a bus, like a press bus. And so, you know, everywhere we go, the cameras come with us and. Like, I describe it as being a politician and being a celebrity. So I felt like half Bill Clinton, half Kim K the whole time. (laughs) I was like going to factories, you know, and like Uh chipping at stone, like photo ops, basically. It was so bizarre to see people freak out and get very nervous to like be around you and to be like, oh, my my God. Like, like my name in Chinese is Metta. And so they'd be like, meta, And you would just, you'd be like, meta, Like, it was crazy. And you know, they come up to you and like want pictures with you and selfies. People just stick cameras in your face constantly. And you're like, (laughs) okay. Doesn't matter how you look or where you are. It was funny because people were always creep shotting. Which nice. I was I was like, yeah. And I would always try to like get in the picture, you know, when I saw them doing that. Or like do the thing where you take the selfie and then the person is in the background. Yeah, yeah. Loved that. Loved that. So
0: So you were in his hometown, Brother Orange's hometown, right? Which is what's a how what's the name of that?
2: It's called Majo. Okay. And so Majo, I would describe it as like Savannah, Georgia, in terms of like it was beautiful. There were trees that go over the roads and but with like big mountains. Like, you're, like, in, like, a lush with, like, red rocks and shit. Like, crazy. What's the, like, Brother Orange tour? Constant schedule the entire, like... Place, to place, 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 uh-huh. place. Um, he's actually from this place called Wuhua County. Okay. And I'm like, Wuhua County, you know, that sounds like literally like Hicktown or something. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, how many people live in Wuhua? 1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I'm like, in the U.S., we would call this a city. They call like, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And it's right. like Wuhua County. So um, we're going to, like, he owns a restaurant. So we're going to his restaurant. We're going to, like... S- like scenic hikes and stuff. It's basically like, we're, I'm just getting an idea of major City Hole. You know, we would be in the car sometimes for an hour and a half driving somewhere. Uh-huh. We never knew where we were going, ever. Who was in charge of the press tour? A media company was that all. That's what we heard, and we had no idea. And, you know, we tried, but like culturally, it was just very hard to figure out.
1: Matt, I'm going to be totally honest going. with you. That is one of the most frightening things I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, that's the thing, though. I was really scared to go to China when I first went, but China is actually not very scary. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're communist. I would describe it as like a one party government in terms of because like they don't
1: do communism there anymore. Yeah, careful, Matt. You don't know who (laughs) is listening. You're a celebrity. You can't uh, just be talking your mouth off. Might say something you might regret.
2: Seriously, don't scare me. I'm already. I, I, OK, so at one point I had five cell phones on me.
0: OK. And so
2: like one of my favorite uh, things that we we went into a cell phone store and I just got mobbed like fucking like straight up teen <laughs> idol. And so they like throw a cell phone in my hands and they're like, isn't the 4G fast? And I'm like going on a website and the pictures aren't loading. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my it's God. so fast. And like meanwhile, it's like everyone's like swarmed around me. But it was funny because I had five cell phones at one point and then one of them got stolen.
0: Oh god. <laughs> yeah, so I was
2: like, of course. You're like,
0: no,
1: not again. It's it's happening all over again. No. <laughs> so what
0: what is Brother Orange like, like as a person?
2: So never judge a man by his selfies.
0: Okay. Is something
2: that I've learned because his selfies he was so serious and like in around an orange tree, but he's so like funny. He's always on the phone. He has a lot of friends. Okay. So, like, he's, like, a teenage girl in terms of, like, being on the phone.
1: That's what I was wondering, actually, because, like, you mentioned the teen idol thing. And, like, if you look at these photographs, which are on BuzzFeed.com, and you should definitely look at them. uh, If you look at these photographs, it just looks like you and a man you met on the internet are, like, role-playing as teen idols. And it's, like, super surreal, but he seems like he was just up for anything.
2: Yeah. I mean, going into it, I was totally shocked. I had no idea what he was going to be like. And that's what I was really nervous about. I was also nervous about the cultural differences. I didn't know handshake or hug when we met, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was stuff like that. When I take pictures, do I put my arm around someone? And then I just kind of learned to just do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And like they would like it was like I compare it to the Lady Gaga paws up. If, like, I did a hand motion, they just copied exactly what I did every time. So it was so funny. And my signature was a thumbs up. Nice, so, like, nice. I would get everyone from, like, 70-year-olds to, like, businessmen doing, like, thumbs up and peace signs. It nice. was
1: amazing. What's got to be weird, though, is, like, you, you, you come back to America. And, I mean, more or less, you, your life is the same as it was when you left. But now you're just like a celebrity in a part of the world that like you almost can't ever get back to. It's like it's like Mr. Sparkle from The Simpsons or something like there's a universe where you are a celebrity and you don't live in that universe. Exactly.
2: It it was so bizarre. It was funny. I couldn't put this in the article. I wanted to end on this note, but we're waiting in line in Beijing for the flight. And there's this guy behind me and goes, oh, my God, Matt Meta!" And I'm like yeah, hi. And like, by then I was like, this is all over. And, you know, uh-huh. I, we just got, an emo- it was a really emotional goodbye. And, uh, it, he was like, oh my God, can I get a picture? And then this other girl notices me and she's like, <gasps> uh, freaks out. <laughs> and, um, we get on the plane and then the, there's this like, uh, teenager and, uh, he's like, Hey, uh, what did, Hey, what, why were you in China? And it was like one of those moments at the end of the movie where it's <laughs> like, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like credits. It felt
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you and Brother Garbage became like, even though, so he speaks almost no English, just a few words maybe. Zero. Um, but you guys became really close friends, even with not being able to actually speak to each other. Like, how does that work?
2: Okay, so I compare it to, um, you know, you make friends through going through experiences together, and it's... It's hard for me to talk about this with people because I don't think a lot of people I, th- I like I say to people it's like you just could never understand what it was mm. like to like be famous in China and <laughs> to blow up on the internet overnight like it's the You just wouldn't get it. Feeling. It's like a Chinese
1: celebrity thing. You just really wouldn't it's, get it unless you've done it.
2: <laughs> Sad. It's like but you, it's hard to explain like, we went through this crazy whirlwind experience together and, like, we're the only ones that could really understand, like, what it feels like to be in that situation and to be, like, mobbed and people to want a piece of you and then to have quiet moments, you know, at night where, like, you're, like, really bonding. Like, there's a lot of, like, nonverbal that you can do. Like, yeah. we became super touchy-feely. Like, shoulder
1: rubs Matt, and, like. <laughs> Matt, Matt, uh, look, I have now a thousand more questions for you. Um-
2: <laughs> I think it's just the shared experience brought us together close so quickly.
0: That's so sweet. I mean, like the what you wrote about it was really touching and it, you know, warmed the cockles of my heart,
1: <laughs> my cold, dark heart. It truly is a love story for the modern age.
0: Yeah. How do you think that this will change you now?
2: You know, honestly, so like I break the story up into like three parts right mm. now. Like I lose my phone and then I become famous and then I go to China <laughs> And it wasn't, none of this was ever supposed to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like none, of it was supposed to die after each chapter. And so like, I know that there's going to be the next chapter because bro orange has to come visit me in New York. It's just the way, it's just the part of the story that has to happen. So I hate myself for saying this, but there is a genuine, I love the idea of fate and destiny. Um, It's like, there's just something there where it's like, this is just meant to happen. You know what I mean? And to kind of have it like left up to the universe is like more of a, you know, if something shitty happens to me, like I like trip, I'm like, (laughs) you know what? Meant to be, meant to be. But like, there is really a sense of, at the end of the trip, it was just like something you believed in so hard because it was like the chances that Brother Orange would pick my cell phone out of a bunch and then turn out to be this amazing man and that we would connect Mm -hmm. is just like, the chances of that happening is so slim that it's, like, it really makes you believe in, like... Like, he picked my phone, and my phone ended up in... Like, it's just, like, how could this ever happen?
0: Yeah. It's the
2: fucking universe.
0: It's a beautiful thing. I'm I'm actually crying
1: right now. I'm actually sobbing right now. (laughs) I think this is good. This is a good lesson for anyone listening. You, too, might end up a celebrity in a strange country for no reason. And if you're wondering what to do, in Matt's advice... Go with the flow. Follow your destiny. Thank you very much for being on our show today, Matt. I hope you had a fun time talking about this for the umpteenth time.
2: Oh my God! Thank, you. thank you guys for listening to me like blab about my f- new religion. That
1: <laughs> yeah, this I was the in, least I boring guess. vacation story I've ever heard. Absolutely. Um,
0: <laughs> well, I'm ready to sign up for your religion.
2: Oh, I believe me, it's a good one. It's just like you just let shit happen. Yeah. <laughs> There's okay. no church, so. Yeah,
0: that's for me. <laughs> So the next segment, we want to answer some netiquette questions. Let's get Um, into some
1: netiquette. My least favorite word (laughs) in existence. Netiquette.
0: So we've asked uh, some of our friends and people we work with and stuff, like, let us know what weird netiquette questions you have. Um, And if you have netiquette questions, you can also send them in to us, internetexplorer at BuzzFeed.com. And so this is a question from Mariah. And the question is basically what do you do when you run into someone in real life and you know something about their life because of something you saw on social media? So maybe you saw that they got engaged because of their Facebook pictures. Do you actually, like, say that? Or do you pretend like you don't know and wait for it to come up naturally? You know, or is it like, oh, I know that you got a new job or went on vacation. What do you do? What do you do, Ryan?
1: Well, people have done that to me because, like, I am an exhibitionist, so I put most of my life on the internet, and a lot of times I'll meet people at parties that will stop me in the middle of a story and be like, I saw it on Instagram, it's fine. And (laughs) it really hurts my feelings because I assume you know about it, but I want you to listen to me prattle on because I like the sound of my own voice, hence the podcast. So I don't do that. I drop hints that I know, hoping that you will be polite enough to receive my hints and then not tell me things I already know about you via social media only because I don't like it when people do it to me.
0: Wow. I totally disagree with you on this, Ryan. I think that if you saw on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram that someone, you know, oh, I saw you recently went on vacation to the Bahamas. How was your vacation? I think that's totally fine to bring up to someone because you it's weirder to pretend you didn't know that. Um, you know, I, I think you just got to accept the social media is part of people's lives and it's not... You don't have to pretend like, oh, that's the icky thing I saw on the internet. I think I think it's easier to just, like, do it straight on. It's no, less awkward. No,
1: I, I use weird lies and manipulation to get them to not tell me about things I already know about them. That's what I do. Because that's what a functional adult does.
0: Well, I think what we learned here is Ryan is a terrible friend. I'm busy. I'm just a busy person. And uh, possibly borderline personality disorder. Let's be Definitely honest. Definitely
1: borderline. But that's another conversation for another episode.
0: Speaking of borderline personality disorder, <laughs> let's talk about April Fool's Day, Ryan. Today that we're recording this, which is not when you will actually listen to it, dear listeners, um, but today is April 1st.
1: <sighs> so if I've been yelling this during this week's episode, it's because I'm a little stressed out, Katie. Um, for the last now three years, I have covered april fool's day for buzzfeed uh and i'm not don't worry i'm not going to talk about what it's like to be a reporter during april fool's day because i understand that no one likes journalists right. they're like the least liked people in the world but i can talk about why everyone should dislike april fool's day it makes the internet a bad place to be and worst of all everyone running brand pages like brand facebook's or brand twitter accounts just think that they are funny and there's nothing more unfunny than a person who is paid to try to be funny in, like, a safe, constructive way that, like, promotes some sort of, like, brand. Do you
0: hate that all these companies do these sort of fake April Fool's pranks? Yeah. Like, what are some of the ones that you've seen that drive you nuts?
1: So, so this year has been kind of okay. And I was thinking about, like, how this all got started, which was basically in the very beginning, early days of, like, corporate internet, there were weird startups that wanted to— show that they weren't, like, the legacy brands, then they could be, like, funny and edgy and cool. So, like, Google would do wacky shit or, like, Amazon would, you know, make up, like, a drone or something, although now they have drones, you know. So that's the thing is that, like, these companies would make silly jokes, but they're not really funny anymore. They're actually kind of scary. And they seem, weirdly enough, a lot like, you know, a dictatorship, like, propaganda kind of thing. So, like, this year, (laughs) Google put out, like, 10 different ones. We didn't even cover half of them because, like, Google does one for each product.
0: So there's, like, a Google Images and there's a Google Plus hoax. Yeah. And, like, let's not
1: even get into the philosophical issues of, like, the one service everyone uses on the internet to, like, find or know anything lying to you for fun for 24 (laughs) hours. Like, let's not even (laughs) unpack that. Uh, And then (gasps) on the other end of it, like, if you go away from the Amazons and the Googles and, like, the companies that actually have a PR team putting together something decent, you then get all the shit, like the terrible brands that are like, it's a selfie stick, but it's also an enema. By the way, that is a real thing that happened today.
0: Now, is that from an enema company? No, it's from, like,
1: uh, Redbox. It's like a <laughs> Redbox had a selfie stick ...that you use to look into your own asshole, which is how I feel whenever I look at an
0: April Fool's Day brand prank. I feel like I'm staring into my own asshole. Oh, boy. Um, has there ever been a April Fool's prank from a brand that you liked?
1: Actually, there is one today, and this sounds insane. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you after I describe it, because you're really not going to believe me when I say that I thought it was very clever... Are you familiar with the the app Angry Birds? I am. I am. Very popular game. So I, because I'm not a 12-year-old boy, I swear, I forgot Angry Birds existed. Right. And then all of a sudden, I stumble across a video that actually tricked me today. Today, of all days, it tricked me. It was a gritty Grand Theft Auto-style reboot of Angry Birds called Agri Birds. (laughs) and you can like customize bird hookers and like it makes a bunch of jokes about an evil bird mafia and it's like really dark and really fucked up. And I was incredibly impressed that Angry Birds would go that far with a joke and I'm gonna play just a little bit of it for you.
0: So one of the classic brand pranks that I remember that I was sort of the first time I became aware of brands using April Fool's Day as sort of like a marketing stunt and doing this was a couple of years ago. Taco Bell made this announcement that they had purchased the Liberty Bell. <laughs> but I feel like that's, like, this real bellwether, if you will, nice, uh, nice. In, the, in the world of corporate April Fool's Day pranks.
1: Well, I remember, like, everyone freaking out because it was kind of the first time they had tried to do something like that, and people actually believed them for, like, a split yeah. second. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's the thing is that people really fell for it, um, which was amazing. And people were upset and they were angry and they were like, you know, America's going down the tubes.
1: Which I feel like people you know. like do anytime Taco Bell announces anything. They're like, well, the world's over. I wish we were all dead. <laughs> like Doritos, <laughs> tacos. I want to kill myself.
0: Right. I mean, but I feel like fast food places particularly are like such good breeding grounds for pranks because they kind of have like nothing to lose in terms of like joking around with our audience. It's not like they're Bear sterns or something. Thing that is, like, you know, an important thing, service that people use. That'd be funny if, like, financial institutions were like, April Fool's Day, we lost all your money.
1: Right. Here's a really insane April Fool's Day prank. The Israeli Defense Force today mm-hmm. leaked classified documents claiming that they shoot down aliens
0: (laughs) no you can't make pranks you're the military
1: you're a you're 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 like a very very large powerful military force you're not allowed to have fun with what you do because that yeah that is actual propaganda that actually just becomes full-on propaganda
0: yeah that's that's scary. But speaking um, of
1: speaking of fast food, Katie, I wanna I wanna tease our listeners a little bit. It's a little trick I, I read in How to Podcast for Dummies. Um, <laughs> so next week we're gonna be actually delving into the really weird relationship between fast food and the internet. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should definitely tune in next time to find Woo-hoo. out. <laughs> See what I did there. Ryan mentioned a thing. And you'll never believe it. It was like a, it was like an upworthy headline. It was like a curiosity <laughs> gap. So I wanna give a Fallout Friday shout out to the my favorite new mystery of the internet, which is if you ever see a vine of a dog next to a man finger picking a guitar, perhaps the dog <laughs> is playing a cowbell like this. Or the dog is playing a bass drum like this. Or the dog is just like prancing around in the snow with like beautiful, weird, original orchestration behind it like this. You're probably seeing a vine by a guy named Trench. Okay. I tried to interview Trench. Trench has a dog named Maple. Katie, you're familiar, right?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, so what? It, you, what you can't see in these amazing clips is that in both of these songs, uh, Trench is uh, like hitting the bass drum himself, or actually, he's like holding in his little paw like a drumstick and hitting a cowbell somehow in exactly in time.
1: Maple is the dog. Trench is the man.
0: Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Come
1: on, Katie. So I tried to talk to Trench. And I wanted to get him on the podcast, but he won't Uh do it. Wow. Mysterious. See, that's what I'm excited about is that, like, there are no mysteries left on the internet. Like, everybody knows everything about everybody. So here's what I know about Trench. Trench lives in New England. He would not tell me Mm -hmm. where. Okay. He is 27 years old. Okay. He worked with animals in some capacity, like animal care, something like that. Okay. He played finger-picking guitar on the side as what he called a, a form of meditation. And his dog really liked it.
0: Okay. He
1: doesn't want any attention. He doesn't get recognized. No one recognizes his dog even.
0: Because well, he doesn't have his face in the Vines ever. I've seen them. Nothing. But I can
1: happily report that due to his success on Vine he is now pursuing music full-time as a career.
0: Aw, that's a happy story. But wait, I still have one important question. Yes. How the fuck does a golden retriever play the cowbell in time with Don't Fear the Reaper? So,
1: like I said, it's all very mysterious, but the best explanation I've heard is that it either might be that he's underneath the dog or the dog is attached to a string, but (coughs) he has a lot of vines where he plays multiple instruments. Like, he will do like drums and guitar at the same time, or uh, this is actually his favorite song that he's ever done. And he plays guitar and glockenspiel at the same time. So this is his, this is the favorite song he's ever done. So yeah, that's Trench. That's Maple. You got to check him out. I wish I knew more about them, but he was the hardest interview I've ever done.
0: He owns a dog that may or may not actually contain musical ability or is just being manipulated. Right. It's unclear. No one knows.
1: And I want to tell you, like, part of me wants to keep this mystery because we're paving the Internet. As Michelle Branch and Uncle Cracker say in their remake of that other song, we're paving paradise, and we're putting up a parking lot, Katie. Be a and put up a Is that an Uncle Cracker song? If you know who made that song, or if you want to email me an Uncle Cracker song <laughs> that you want me to listen to, please email <clears throat> internetexplorer at com or send me a Spotify playlist of your favorite Uncle Cracker songs. <laughs> And we will we'll, we'll play them on the next episode.
0: All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can always email us, Uncle Cracker, or whatever you want. <laughs> Internet Explorer at BuzzFeed.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can tweet at us at IExplore or at either one of us at Katie Netopolis at Broderick. Uh, we love hearing from you. Thanks everyone for listening. Oh, I wanna give I wanna give
1: another special shout out to the two loveliest ladies in my life. Julia Furlan and Jenna Wise Berman, and also Paul, who is not a lovely lady in my life, but he is lovely mm-hmm. and in my life, and I like him just as just as well, but a little less because he's a white man.
0: Right, and also everyone should also check out another round, which is the other podcast from BuzzFeed with Tracy and Heaven. It's amazing; it's my favorite thing that I love listening to. They crack me up so much. Uh, thank you, and we're sorry.
1: I think that being a teenager is a form of mental illness. Right. Just to begin with. I think all teenagers are insane and you should go to jail for like Mm -hmm. 18 years then you come out as an adult.